Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Prove that I, I can play at that level. Some of my best games were against some of the top teams in the world. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the Ball Daily. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Monday's Off the Ball. It has been an incredible weekend for sports. Just to pack in what we have had over the course of the last two days. Two All-Ireland Hurling semi-finals, two All-Ireland Camogie quarter-finals, the Under-20 Rugby semi-finals, the Rugby Championship, Wimbledon, the third Ashes Test, the Tour de France, the British Grand Prix, and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, it has been quite the weekend and we'll try and distill all of that into the next three hours. Now, former Kilkenny goalkeeper David Herity is going to join us after 8 o'clock to look back on the All-Ireland Hurling semi-finals. Uh, Ireland have reached a Rugby World Cup final four months earlier than expected. <laughs> <laughs> this is the aperitif, the amuse-bouche to what's to come in France and we'll discuss the under-20s exploits in what have been exceptional circumstances down in South Africa. Rory O'Connor is going to be on with us just after half past seven plus. We get stuck cricket. England are back in the Ashes hunt after a remarkable weekend's play at Headingley which all culminated yesterday afternoon. Melinda Farrell will be talking baseball and all of its ramifications a little bit later on in the show. If you want to get in contact you can do 53106 for 30 cents. You can tweet us at Off The Ball. My name is of course uh, Richie McCormick as John Malloy pre- uh, prepares his testimony for the Public Accounts Tribune tomorrow. <laughs> He'd love that. <laughs> I don't know about that though. I don't know if anyone would love that. We'll find out tomorrow what kind of... Uh It'll be some show. Uh, Mick McCarthy, welcome along. Highest ever ratings for a Rockdust TV, I would imagine. It's going to crash, isn't it? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> because I think, was it the first weekend? There was like, or the first week of, of the, the hearings that there was some kind of issue with the streams. So, such will be the, the I would imagine RTE will show this tomorrow, will they? I think I heard somewhere the Virgin Media are showing this tomorrow right, as okay, well. So, that'll, that'll show you the, the You forgot about things. England winning the Euros in the under-21s as well. We're not going to talk about that. Um, yes, I didn't say we're going to talk about Lee, it. But Lee Carsley pricing himself out of the Ireland job. <laughs> yeah. is what he did, did there. There you go, yeah. For those, like that, that's essentially what's happened surely there. Like, I'm not, I didn't intend to lead on this, obviously, but if Lee Carsley has won a trophy with the England under-21s, any suggestion that he's just going to walk into the Ireland job out of uh, loyalty, previous loyalty? Prior loyalty, yeah, some sort of pay. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's just, yeah, don't think so. Don't think so. He's he's got himself a big gig lined up. Whatever, if if it's the England job, or if it's a club job, he's gonna be walking into a bigger paycheck than the FAI could yeah. ever muster. I this whole Lee Carsley thing always seemed like a bit of a a weird sort of red herring. Anyway, didn't it? Like, I mean. I think it was just because people have latched on to and I saw it mentioned again today in pieces that he's got a rolling one year contract which I don't think would be unusual at that age grade No I feel like we're always we always have the person in our head who should be the manager over the person who isn't and it was Stephen Kenny last time and then it was like it was Chris Hewton before that and it was so on and so forth there's always the person so if Lee Carsley goes and you know is a Premier League manager this time next year we'll just have someone else Terry Venables was disqualified <laughs> under the Companies Act to make. You've already got your glasses on. It doesn't <laughs> work for that. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I should need to pick them out of my jacket. But yeah, um, that's that's geez, that's a side note. But the Carsley thing, I, I would never have seen it happening. I certainly don't after yesterday, because he's he's going to get himself a gig that the FAI could never uh, afford. Um, you, you're both here as uh, you know in mourning. Uh, I guess over the, the the weekend we've got our Galway representative, we've got our Clare representative, uh, we have David Herity on later later on uh, in slightly more triumphalism uh, bent. But 
you were uh, on the other side of the glass as we recorded that a little bit earlier on we'll, we'll get to it after eight there were certain things that I touched upon that I could literally see you twitching and <laughs> really yeah be, oh god yeah like, uh, don't think after nearly 10 years I can't read your body language Michael <laughs> uh, you were ready to come through the glass uh, I'd uh, mention certain I things. didn't enjoy there, there are elements you want to get off your chest an, sure. look David very very fair and I don't think he was coming from any point of view at all I did think the idea that uh Kilkenny played the whistle on the early advantage thing and that Owen Murphy just would have saved the point blank shot from Mark Rogers. I thought that was a little bit fanciful but look I'm Do you not I, think he was static when the ball is struck? I don't think he's going to save a shot from there. Whether he saves it or not is immaterial. Do you oh, not think I, he's static I, because the whistle Possibly. Is I just think that it was a disallowed goal. I heard the whistle live in the stadium and it did come as soon as Hugh Lawler touched the ball but yeah. you have to play your five seconds like come on you know what I mean it was the ball straight in and it was just a, it was a mistake from the referee it was no more than that and I don't like I mean referee isn't the reason that Clare didn't win the game yesterday but like you're asking me like I in terms of wincing David's piece is the first thing I've listened to about the match I would usually have rewatched the game win or lose yeah. at this stage I would have what listened to a couple of podcasts haven't listened to the hurling pod yet they did they did they did they were on la- live last night at eight o'clock i would have usually listened to that by now um and i would have read 50 articles at least you know i think i got halfway through one and i'm just i'm just not able for it there was a a weird sense of i don't want to be glib with words like depression because it is only sport and it isn't like affecting your life but it feels akin to it you know what like i mean it was cast, it was yeah. a strange horrible walk back up I was in the Cusick stand yesterday so it was a long old walk back up to Drumcondra and it didn't really it usually that that's a, that's not unusual it usually goes away by the monday morning and i have to say it's just grim and i wonder is that a mixture of a couple of things if you're a Clare fan one is that you know for all you can't say Kilkenny didn't deserve the win, but in other ways, it was there for the taking mm. for Clare. And they didn't. And then you're also thinking, right, this is a team where Shane O'Donnell and Tony Kelly will both be 30 by the next All-Ireland final. That's not to say they can't be brilliant at 30. It's just that you know, there's that, uh, you realise that that's on the, they have less years ahead of them than you're they have the behind them. You're on the downward slope there, yeah. Less years ahead of them than they have behind them. John Conlon's going to be another year older. Other than that, it's not that old a team. Like, I mean, they've got, they've definitely, there's no reason they can't be back next year, but you're thinking you don't have many chances not to take, you know? And they did turn up yesterday, which they didn't do last year. So there's some positives there, but bloody hell, it's hard to take because you're reliving every little decision. And that I don't mean by referees, I mean a decision made in, in the game. game decisions, yeah. And here and there, and you're thinking to yourself, like little things, right? Rory Hayes came out of a rook with the ball laid on that he didn't, I don't think he realised he had so much time and hit the ball out over the sideline yeah. for no reason. TJ puts that straight over the bar. Earlier on in the match, Tony Kelly, I don't think he's fouled, but at the same time he reacts in a way that the referee has no choice but to bring up the free. TJ points that from 100 yards. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to point it from 115. You know, so just there's two points off the top of my head straight away. You know, so... It's just little things like that just get to you the day after a game like that. Are is, is that the extent of Clare's abilities? Do you think? Well, do you think there's <clears throat> not necessarily a ceiling, but the, the, there is a sense that Kilkenny and Limerick, you look at the lineup of the two last two All Ireland finals, this one included, they are where they deserve to be. So by extension, does that mean the two beaten semi finalists are where they deserve to be? We can talk about Galway in a minute, and we should. But <clears throat> from Clare's point of view, I think there's more left in the tank. I don't think you can argue that. Like, is in again, I'm only saying are they on a par with Limerick and Kilkenny? 
and they keep losing the matches. So there's a reason that they're not. But I don't know if that means they can't improve because they're not very far off. What happens yesterday in a game that people are critical of the tactics in the first half? I'd be I'd be part of that. I absolutely would be critical. And you're critical of maybe a referee and you're critical of decision making and you're saying that Kilkenny were efficient and took all their chances. And yet, but for what I would say is the best block I've ever seen live in in a stadium and but for a referee not playing long enough advantage and but for possibly the best save I've ever seen live or not Claire have three more goals in that game Yeah, you know what I mean it's a very different game then <coughs> like so you can't be doing that much wrong it can't be it can't be that all oh, their tactics are terrible and they're not good enough and they're not as good as Kilkenny and be these literal miracle two miracles away from two other goals in the game you know so who's to say that they can't improve or get a little bit better but they just need a bit more nous in these situations I think I don't know I feel like Limerick or Kilkenny know how to win the games in, when, when there's a point in it and maybe Claire don't at the moment Amory your subject for this evening's improv class is Nicky Quaid's contact lens You've got oh 10 yeah minutes. well I suppose it was clever do you know like it was game management and probably needed to be done like Galway were in an advantage position in the game and Limerick needed to get things sorted out and once they did Galway had absolutely no answers and I suppose that's a winning team for you you know I wouldn't begrudge them maybe it's not the nicest thing to see in sport but you know, it happens and like it reminded me of, do you remember the Mayo-Dublin semi-final in 2019 when Dublin absolutely tore them asunder in the second half, the first 10 minutes? Yeah. And it was just like, you're just thinking to Mayo, just someone go down, just do a contact lens trick, just do something, just control the game here, just get a hold of it. And they didn't. And is that perhaps a sense of naivety? Limerick well, didn't fall to that yes or on Saturday we um, we recorded David earlier what stood out with they wanted to spoiler the whole thing and like long time in the business etc etc he said that there would be designated people within each team whose job it would be to go down and maybe take a moment and slow down the play or slow down you know momentum for whoever it might be and I, I was like they're designated they literally pointed them out before the game like maybe that is the case maybe it's not but this is something that's spoken about pre-game that, you know, if this does happen, take the sting out somehow. This was a bit more brazen than normal because it was a goalkeeper and he wasn't involved in the play and then suddenly his contact lens is falling out. It's a little bit farce, but Jesus Christ, if you're getting angry with this, there isn't a sport in the world that this doesn't happen in. Uh, There isn't a team sport in the world where somebody doesn't go and try and change the momentum of play and calm it down and it's... The done thing. If you're, if you're, it's your team. You're wondering why they're not doing it, as Amory points out with Mayo. Like you know, that's where the like the real anger comes when you don't do it. And it's your team rather than, like, it's up to referees. Or whatever. I don't know what the what the interpretation. The, because the thing about it, if it if it's without wanting to lean on association football uh, as we're loads to do when we're talking about GA, but there, there's equipment that goes into being a goalkeeper. Like you'll see the change in jersey and changing in gloves and all that kind of stuff. And it's not necessarily as easy a transition whereby. Anybody can poke the ball out. Mm. Anybody in hurling can save the ball. You don't necessarily you see play continue with you know ten outfield players in another sport. You can see it continue on with an injury outfield in hurling. Why can't you just 
swap in somebody. Yeah, maybe. Look, and, and, and maybe they that. should have to do it. But that's if you're saying if it's that big an issue. Like, I, like to be honest, I think that was more a moment in time in the first half than... It probably wasn't why Limerick won the game. That's what I feel. Yeah. I, I kind of feel I like they would have sorted it out anyway. I can say that. Yeah, Limerick would have found a way yeah. to get things in order. But a six-point advantage could have been an eight or a nine-point advantage by the break. You know? Or yeah, well, that's... Look, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't think anyone... I can understand if you're Galway, you're probably like annoyed about it, but like... You're probably not too aggrieved either, though, because it feels like Galway are well off that All-Ireland pace. It feels Galway are further back than Clare are, yeah, for sure, after this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that second half performance, I mean, you know, I'm, ta- I'm talking through all the little moments Five that I feel cost Clare. Twelve or something, something like that, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about all those little moments that cost Clare. If you're Galway and you're worried about like individual moments in that game, then you've missed the bigger picture yeah. because they were annihilated in the second half. And that's Limerick rising to a place where I don't think they've been yet this year. And it was Galway capitulating in the face of that. Yeah. So they start, like they had a great game plan and they ex- executed brilliantly and they were in control. Like I, I thought oh, we were going to win the game when they went six up and it wasn't just because of the scoreline, it was because of the way they were hurling. They had answers to everything and then Nimbrick changed the questions and Galway didn't know what to do. It's hard to see where Galway go from here because there was obviously so much excitement with Shefflin coming in and their biggest win in those two years was against a poor Tipperary side in a really flat game. So it's hard to see mm. where they go now. Like they drew with Kilkenny in one of the worst Leinster Championship games and then they lost the final to them. So their biggest win has been against that Tipperary team. Uh, we've had a few texts in already and messages, of course, uh, if you're streaming us on the YouTube. Mick sounds like he needs the night off from Jason and Dolan. I know. <laughs> no, I've had any holiday days left, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anonymous texter says, ah, stop the whinging. Why didn't Tony Kelly play well? Four question marks. Uh, Mikey Butler's pocket was full again. Whinging? Like, I mean, it's it's like I'm talking about in this, in this particular case from a like a Clare fan's point <laughs> of view and why it hurts so much. Like if I'm a Kilkenny man, I'd be saying they absolutely deserve the win and they won a lot of the individual battles. Mikey Butler, I would say, did. I thought Kelly played better than he did last year. There's a lot of tactical issues that I would have question with as to where Tony Kelly was playing. But a huge amount of it was because Mikey Butler is a bloody brilliant man marker. And and I was sitting in the Cusick stand right in the halfway line watching that a little bit and he is sticky. (laughs) Let's face it. Uh, One trick pony on YouTube. And this will make steam blow out of a lot of ears, I'd imagine, this evening. Murphy's save is overrated. Murphy has let in more goals than Nicky Quaid. Clear management uh, blew it again. Letting in goals. First of all, 90% of hurling goals the goalkeeper like doesn't even have a chance for. Yep. Right? It's, just, it's irrelevant. So it's all up. that's about setups and defence. It wasn't in any way overrated because how many hurling saves are actually overrated. Arthur was pointing this out to me earlier because basically the ball is struck at the general area. The the positioning is what this is what the save is yeah. rather than the actual movement of the hurl. This was true bodies at full pace hit on the volley when he wouldn't have been expecting a shot and he went to the ball. Yep. With the hurl. It was an incredible save. I don't think I've ever seen a better one. The gravity of the moment as well. That, yeah, when it is. Adds to it, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Two minutes into injury time, it was a minute to go. It's yeah. the deciding factor in an All-Ireland semi-final, like, yeah. Uh, I, if anybody else wants to get on the overrated bandwagon... By, by the way, Peter instance, Duggan, like, that was a brilliant bit of skill from him as well because that's the only chance that they had of getting a goal in that melee was just hitting the pass back to him first time 
and what a connection like you know and we would we would have been talking about that goal for a long time I think as well if Claire ended up winning in extra time or whatever it would have been uh, some breaking news by the world of GA which is what that beep was uh, and my heart sank from it I was like oh my god this is really tragic news but actually no it's just a managerial change uh, when Will O'Callaghan tweeted the, the message Mikey Graham gone I was like oh god that's very tragic no it's Mickey Graham the Cavan manager has decided to step away uh, from the job. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> exactly. After serious considerations, uh, Mickey Graham decided to step away from his role as Cavan senior football manager. That has just broken in the last few minutes. But uh, we will get to the rest of the news round now, uh, which is brought to you with thanks uh, to Gillette. I'm Ray. Men's top seed Carlos Alcaraz is out on centre court at Wimbledon. He's taking on Italian Matteo Berrettini. They're tied there at one set apiece. This is in the last 16. Elsewhere, Bulgarian Gregor Dimitrov and Holger Rune, the sixth seed, are also tied at one set apiece. Earlier on today, American Chris Eubanks booked his place in the quarterfinals. He beat Greek fifth seed Stefana Tsitsipas three sets to two in what turned out to be an epic on court two. 27-year-old Eubanks is now unbeaten in his last nine matches and will face third seed Daniel Medvedev of Russia up next. Meanwhile, defending champion Novak Djokovic beat Poland's Hubert Hurkacz in four sets. The 36-year-old Serbian hasn't lost now on centre court since 2013. In the women's draw then, sixth seed Angebor of Tunisia beat world number nine Petra Kvitova in straight sets. Probably the performance of the day. Six love, six three the score there. She looked particularly impressive and she'll face defending champion Elena Rabakina in the last eight. She progressed after her opponent Beatrice Haddad Maya retired with an injury early on during their contest. And second seed Arena Sabalenka will face American 25th seed Madison Keys up next. That's after a straight sets win over Ekateria Alexandrova. Uh, the, the, the Chris Eubanks story is uh, a remarkable one to see somebody coming so late essentially into the professional game somebody who was a hitting partner for other more notable stars and somebody who was uh, a commentator for the tennis yeah, channel. Yeah he is said now the quarter commentator being the, doing the commentary helped him he said yeah. That, like, that's just remarkable stuff and it's really it's really worth exploring and there's a brilliant clip doing the rounds today as well of him talking about how he'd liked this before all of this happened how he'd like to be a Wimbledon quarter finalist and what all that means in comparison to the other slams and how it would relate to other people talking about tennis it, it's just it's a, great story, it's a yeah. fantastic absolutely fantastic story I have such an um, instinct to correct you and say that his name is Chris Eubank because of Chris Eubank being erroneously called Eubanks for about 10 years <laughs> <laughs> it's a stray S it's, it's always there's, there's, there's people who get the stray S's thrown in there misguided plurals but yeah Chris Eubanks What's the name of the guy who was the uh, band leader on Jay Leno's Tonight Show? Is he Chris Eubank as well? <laughs> do you know what? I, do you know everybody's gone? Oh, his name's Chris Eubank. Like, was you like? I did a Google at the weekend to see is Chris Eubanks related to Kevin Eubanks? Kevin Eubanks, that's who is Jay Leno's band leader on the Tonight Show? The answer is no. Unrelated. Unrelated. Uh, to to what still everybody's related, and if you go back to fifteenth cousins, I'm sure they are. But regardless, uh, let's recap yesterday's hurling as well, Amory. 
This year's All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final will be a repeat of last year's. Defending champions Limerick booked their place in the decider on Saturday night with a nine-point win over Galway. Then yesterday, Kilkenny beat Clare on a scoreline of 125-122 to at Croke Park. Own Cody with that goal for Derek Ling's side in the second half before keeper Own Murphy made what some people think anyways was an unbelievable save in the <laughs> dying minutes <laughs> to deny Clare a goal chance. Speaking after the game, Ling, who is of course in his first season in charge, was relieved to come out on the right side of this one. It was very edgy towards the end there. Um, I just thought we just did enough, I think, to get over the line. Um, first half, thought we were, you know, I think we we're pretty much in control of the game. Um, happy at half time, but look, Claire came out in the second half, set up a little bit differently, and asked more questions of us, I suppose. And, just really happy the way we responded because it looked like the momentum had swung towards Clare and I just think our lads kind of um, settled back down. Some of our player, key players came on and, you know, I think got our shape back. I think we lost our shape maybe for a while there in the second half and but our work rate all through was outstanding, I thought, and that was ultimately the, maybe the difference in the end. Clare trailed by five points at halftime, 15-10 before an impressive second half, but their wait for another All-Ireland final appearance will now go into an 11th year. Manager Brian Lohan felt that there wasn't really much more they could have done. The second half went so quickly, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know, was there a particular point in it? You know, I think they, they, um, they did what they do up here, you know, they... They took their chances. They um, they were very accurate, very efficient with the use of the ball. Um, got scores from all over the field, which is what they do. And uh, we suffered because of that. And uh, best to look to them now in the final. There you go, Brian Lowen. Making up here and, and making reference to the Crow Park factor because you mentioned it uh, earlier on outside. It's like yeah. the experience that Kilkenny have of playing in Crow Park is vastly different to that for your average uh, Clare player. Yeah, and that's like it's obviously the Leinster final factor, stuff, yeah. but it's also it's it's just being there every year. You know what I mean? Whereas Clare, until last year, hadn't played there since the 2018 semi final. Before that, I think it was the 2013 the replay in 2013. So, yeah, like I think Tony Caddy's only played there less than 10 times in his career, you know. Um, one thing Brian Lowen said there about the second half going by very quick, look, again, I don't want to be too biased about this or anything like that, but I thought three minutes injury time was ludicrous at the end and completely affected how injury time was played mm. because, you know, you know, Claire had the majority of the ball during that time and were obviously going for goals and there was nothing to be said that they couldn't, you know, get three scores. They were three points down. Um, but instead, three minutes just made it very, very frantic. It was crazy. Like, I mean, uh, like in like the 68, 69 minutes, there was a minute long injury that like uh, it was a sideline for Kilkenny that took at least a minute to take. You're telling me there wasn't there was only two minutes in the rest of the half. There was a lot of there was a lot of like slowing it down from Kilkenny. I understand that. I understand that that's probably getting to me and that's not really a factor for the referee. But I thought that even injuries alone and substitutions and everything like that, I thought three minutes was mad. As Arthur pointed out to me earlier, there was four minutes in the Galway Limerick game and nothing happened in that entire second half. It was the, the game was over. Like one trick pony again asks on the YouTube low and in or out for next year. Uh, in I would say, but you know, I, I think we should have a conversation about it over the course of the winter. Like, but well, like I mean, you asked me where is there is the, is where's the scope for improvement? Yeah, yeah. like the majority of that team are going to be still there. You've got an under-20 team, maybe one or two might come into it that lost the very, very close Munster final. 
Um, you know, it's obviously too young for the minor All Ireland champions, but I think that there's a, I think there's at least a question there. But I, I get the impression that the players are very, very much behind him, and he has brought. Don't forget where Clare were when Lowen took over, and uh, the county was in borderline civil war, and there was no funding, and the, the you know everyone was trying to get the secretary of the county board out. There was no funding. The centre of excellence. There's been stuff loads well, of. Yeah fundraising and everything since everything is basically everybody's together now mm. and a lot of that is down to him so while you can question some tactics and stuff like that I think he, de- I think if he wants to stay for another year he probably deserves it alright yeah. uh, The semi-final draw was uh, set for the Camogie Championship as well Amory Yeah Cork will face Galway after they beat Kilkenny in their quarter final by a single point yesterday and Tipperary will take on Neighbours Washford in the last four so that means one of the non-big three will be in the final. Uh, we'll be talking about this next story uh, after half past seven as well. A fantastic weekend, really trying circumstances for the under-20 rugby team. They are preparing for a World Championship final on Friday. Richie Murphy's side beat host South Africa 31-12 in their semi-final yesterday. James Nicholson scored two of Ireland's four tries with Sam Berman and the particularly impressive Brian Gleeson also going over the line. They'll take on France in the decider after they beat England last evening. Lee Carsley, as he mentioned at the top of the show, is set to hold talks with the English FA about his future as their under-21 manager. The former Republic of Ireland international guided England to the European Championships over the weekend. They beat Spain 1-0 in the final. Liverpool's Curtis Jones with the goal there. It's understood, though, that a number of clubs are interested in him. Yeah, and he has that direct line, as we mentioned, uh, to the England job that Southgate has proved uh, can happen. I think we often do too much scoreboard analysis, says Liam on YouTube. Nothing between Clare and Kilkenny. Lone will have every chance next year to go all the way. Uh, hi, says David in Dublin 15. Uh, any mention of the constant booing and jeering from the Clare fans, you Mick, uh, for every free made by TJ Reid, obviously feeling hard done by uh, the ref was uh, OTT and it was the worst I've heard from opposition fans. Is that fair? I didn't, didn't come across on TV. I remember there was one when Kilkenny had a goal chance that uh, the referee played advantage for and people didn't realise it was going to be an advantage and I think John Conlon got injured in the melee that followed. Mm. There was a bit of booing for that all right as well, which I actually... I saw the replay, saw the foul and was like, fair enough, you know. Um, but I don't remember any more than that. Look, I could be wrong, you know. And uh, like I was up with the Cusick as well. So like it'd be stuff happening up in the upper deck, I should say. So it'd be stuff happening lower down that you wouldn't be too aware of. Uh, we've been chastised by Paul as well saying, you lads, uh, Amri, uh, you lads, uh, would want to rewatch that period of the game. Galway were still on top after the Quaid stoppage. Their goal chance to go nine up came four minutes after it. That miss know, led to Limerick getting a point on the break and that was the turning point. I was thinking of it like it, that it, it didn't... I remember him going down and thinking like... It wasn't that that changed the game, you know what I mean? It was even, to be honest, even coming in at half time, like Limerick had a bit of a run together, but you didn't feel like they were back on top or anything like that. It was all the second half. They got it back to a point which was like felt like a miracle, but it didn't feel like it was because Limerick had turned the screw. I think that came later, you know. Uh, and another anonymous person asked Mick, uh, "Did he? We're going to have a section called." I feel ask like Mick. everybody's Aww. out to get me here. Like, what's pretty, the problem? Did he I'm think sad. Dermot Ryan should have been sent off for the tackle on Richie Hogan? Oh geez, I, I genuinely didn't even see this. This is this is the problem with me not watching, <laughs> not rewatching the match. I didn't see any challenge on. T- tell me about it. Was this bad? A bit high, yeah, high, yeah. Shoulder, yeah, yeah. It was pretty high. Was this it free in it. at the end. It was towards the end, over under the Hogan. Mm. Yeah, again, yeah. far side for me. Uh, it was pretty bad. 
Well, we, we, do you know what we'll That's hear? That's not Arsene Wenger in it. I genuinely don't remember it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the newsroom. Marie, thank you. We'll let thank you go back you. To, uh, to your period of mourning and uh, to Mick as well. We'll hear from you. Oh, poor Sorry. Mick. Sorry. You've had I'll a rough be in better form tomorrow. I feel like Mick's way sadder than me. <laughs> in general just <laughs> see you've had the extra day to get over it but it, it, I think it is just the Mick thing to be honest with you as well uh, keep those texts coming 52106 for 30 cents you can tweet us as well uh, at off the ball it is cash machine time your chance to win big news talks summer cash machine since last Tuesday's winner we've had four missed calls in a row it means we have a big rollover tonight. If you've entered since 5pm last Tuesday, you're still in it to win, but you must know this new amount. It's €71,976.42. cents. Remember it, jot it down, do what you got to do, and text PLAY to 57557. That's 57557. Get your entry in by 3pm tomorrow. Then across the GoLed network of stations, someone will make that call. And if your phone rings, answer it within five rings and tell them the exact amount in euro and cent and you'll win that cash. So the cash amount to remember, €71,976.42. Over 18s only. Text cost 2 or 50 plus your standard message rate to play and you're playing across the Go Loud Network of stations and terms and conditions are available on Newstalk.com.